Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Sunday, uh, the Eastern Final is going to be played at Tim Horton Field, of course. We know uh, the Tiger Cats will be hosting the Edmonton Eskimos, the crossover team that beat Montreal, surprisingly, last week. And the winner goes to the Grey Cup in uh, Calgary the week after that. Joining us to talk about what might be happening there is uh, Christina Costable, who is the uh, content coordinator with uh, CFL.ca. Christina, thanks for the time. Good to have you with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Let's talk a little bit about uh, how we got here. First of all, were you surprised last week uh, to see uh, not just Edmonton win, but of course Winnipeg take out Calgary? It was a pretty uh, weird weekend for upsets. Yeah, I think the one that I was more surprised about was the Winnipeg-Calgary. I was in Calgary for that game, and at halftime I thought, you know what, it was a tight game. There's no way that Bo Levi-Mitchell is not going to tear apart this defense in the second half and do what he always does. And I was completely shocked at the way things you know, unfolded uh, for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Great for them. I thought it was brilliant by Paul LaPolice changing the game plan and using Chris Strebler, um as basically like a third running back yeah. along with uh, Andrew Harris and Nick Dembski. I was also pretty shocked with the one in Montreal, but I also wasn't. Trevor Harris has proven to us before. I mean, Ticats fans can remember this last year um, when he was with the Red Blacks. He he does it in the playoffs, and so I wasn't exactly surprised. I was a little shocked, but I wasn't surprised that Edmonton was able to pull it out last week. All right, if you were in Ed- or Calgary last week, have you thought out yet? It was cold up there. It, it was freezing. I think I was in Winnipeg as well for the first half of the week. It was a little <laughs> bit colder in Winnipeg, uh, but it was very cold. Although I'm standing outside right now, as I'm actually at Tiger Cats practice and just waiting for the guys to show up, and it's chilly here too. It is. It's, it's just chilly everywhere. Well, I know you're heading out there. I, we'll, we're heading out to Calgary for the game next week as well. So uh, you know, we bundle up. I mean, we know this now. We've been doing enough Grey Cups, and this, it goes with the territory this time of year. This is Canada, after all, eh? Yeah, exactly. And and the thing is, is the day after the game. I think of the game day. It was like minus thirteen with like a wind chill of minus eighteen. The next day, it was eleven degrees Celsius. And I'm like, what is going on? It couldn't have been one day before. But that's again. I don't want to spend too much time talking about the past. But I mean, the the Winnipeg victory. Uh, you're right. Surprised me even more uh, because in the first half, you know, what was it, twelve to four or something like that? You know, and and Winnipeg just had nothing going on, and uh, and they just ran right through these guys in the second half. Yeah, exactly. I think there was like two big factors in that one. One was absolutely the use of Chris Strebler. I just think that that confused the Winnipeg defense because when I was at practice all week, you know, Chris, his question if he was even going to play was up in the air. He he didn't practice, I think, on the Thursday. We, we saw him there in street clothes, and I think Calgary was like, okay, Strebler's not going to play. There was rumors he had a broken foot, and that really confused them. But the other thing I thought was interesting and that Bo Levi actually said in his postgame presser is that because Winnipeg had that extra bye week at the end of the season, they had an opportunity to, on defense anyway, line up the way they would all year long, and then they would completely go into a different coverage. And Bo admitted, he's like, you know, I was confused. He's like, I, I threw a couple picks that I shouldn't have. And, and I think that both um, the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator had a perfect game plan to go against Calgary last week. Christina, let's talk about that with relation to the Tiger Cats, because let's face it, they've had the bye week since they finished in first place. Uh, there's always the concern, because it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? I mean, on one hand, uh, okay, the guys that are banged up, and everybody's banged up, I guess, this time of year, uh, can heal and rest a little bit. But on the other hand, do you lose your edge? Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I don't necessarily think you're going to lose your edge just because you have that extra week to put in some new plays. And, you know, yesterday was a closed practice, but they had asked um, Coach O about that. was, you know, have you guys, you know, kind of used Tommy Condell to – to kind of make new plays that, you know, we, we're not going to see. Obviously, the, the, the media wasn't able to see what happened yesterday, and I think that maybe gives you an edge 
although they didn't necessarily know who their opponent was, I think it gives the offense anyway an opportunity to add some more little trick plays in because we've seen that all year from Hamilton. They've used, you know, a million different running backs, it seems, in the backfield. They're using Braylon Addison as, like, another um, running back as well. So I think it kind of gives you an edge because you have an extra week to add in some more different plays that can kind of trick other other defenses. Well, that's been the story of the year for this team, really, hasn't it, Christina? I mean, in, everybody gets banged up, everybody gets injured in an 18-game season. Uh, but this year, every time a, a player's gone down, and they, they've had some significant injuries, obviously starting with Mazzoli, but even Thomas Erlington as well, somebody else steps up and says, I, I got this, and they do. Yeah, exactly. And I think we saw that last year from Calgary, which I'm just kind of comparing because they won the Grey Cup, but they had like, I think, three receivers hurt. And it was like, you know, they were just still churning out receivers after receiver and it didn't really matter. And I think you're right. In Hamilton, it's the same thing. We've seen, I think, six different running backs in the backfield. I saw yesterday, actually, Malik Irons was taking some snaps um, on first team offense. Cam Marshall was as well. Tyrell Sutton, of course, is going to be one that they're going to be using. But at receiver, too, I feel... You know, in the last, there was what the one game a few weeks ago against um, Ottawa, we saw Jalen Marshall. I think he had a, a couple touchdowns yeah. against Ottawa on that one. And you're seeing the same thing. It doesn't matter if these guys are hurt. You have these guys that can come in. And I think that's extremely important when you don't, maybe you don't want to use Brandon Banks on every single play, but you can throw a Jalen Marshall in there and he can get you a couple first downs and you can get, you know, Brandon a little bit rested up for a few plays. I think you can pretty much count on, I hate to use the term trick plays, but, you know, some different wrinkles. Uh, because we've seen it all year with these guys, unexpectedly, onside kicks, uh, onside punts, uh, for that matter, and uh, the Wildcat offense. I mean, you really don't know what to expect from these guys, and that's got to make it difficult for the Eskimos to prepare. Oh, absolutely, because you don't know. And I think I think you're right with the – I mean, Jeff Reinbold has done an incredible job on special teams this year of doing those onside kicks or, you know, the trick we're going to punt, but we're actually not. I saw a couple of those on Wednesday, actually. They were – it was a fake punt, and then it was just a pitch off to Luke Tasker. And, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that they can do on specials, but I think for them their biggest um, asset is having, like – six different guys that can be in the backfield. I think it gets confusing. I saw a play the other day where they had Braylon Addison, uh, Malik Irons, and Brandon Banks all in the backfield, and it was a handoff uh, to to Banks, and I didn't even know where the ball went. So I think that's definitely something they're going to be able to use to their advantage, and Edmonton's going to be you know, in tough trying to stop that. As you've watched these guys this year, Christina, I, 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 I don't want to say they have swagger because that kind of in, you know indicates that no, yeah, these guys think they're pretty hot stuff. There's there's a confidence to these guys though, both on offense and defense this year. There is, and I feel like that's kind of been the story of Hamilton. I mean, I've been covering this league now for four years, and I've always felt like Hamilton has this like really cool swagger. But you're right, there is something different about this year. I don't know if it's coach O being as the head coach this year or if it's because they had 15 wins or they just they're just feeling themselves you're right and you can see it in the locker room you can see it um, when they're on the field and I think that that's a huge advantage to have that it's there's a difference between being overconfident and just confident enough and I think this group is just confident enough well I've had occasion to go to a couple of team events this year and there's a camaraderie there among the coaching staff too uh, but certainly among the players, and and I know that exists with a lot of other teams, but there just there just seems to be that chemistry, and I I think you're right. I think it starts with the coach. Oh, for sure. And I mean, Coach O is one of those guys. Like, what I really like is he'll come into like a media press room, for example, and he'll say hello to every single person that's in the room. That might not seem like a lot, but it's just something little that he just really wants to make sure that everyone feels involved, including the media members. And he was saying that the other day too. His whole culture is that he wants everyone to be 
friends and to be together and 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 he wants that for his coaching staff as well as the players and it just kind of trickles into us in the media and we see it right and and that is a, a really good quality to have. Well, and, and the way he treats his own coaching staff, too, his hand-picked coaching staff. I mean, as you say, he's brought Jeff Reinbolt back, Tommy Condell, because uh, we, we've heard the stories in the past, and I think you've written about this. I mean, we you know, the, we had an offensive coordinator a couple of years ago that the head coach wouldn't let do any offensive coordinating. I don't know why. Uh, and so, things like that. Well, that, that sort of thing filters down through the players, too, and they see some, some sort of dis- people that aren't happy with their job or their lot in, on the team. Uh, you don't see any of that. I mean, coach Joe lets his coaches coach and lets his players do, do what they need to do. Oh, exactly. And you're right. You totally see that. And I think that's why there's been so many different looks on offense that, you know, maybe this, maybe other coaches would be nervous about running Wildcats so much. But Coach O's like, you know what, Tommy, you do you, and, and that's good. Mark Washington has been great on the defense. I mean, we've seen it. They've had one of the most dominant defenses this year. And I think actually on that vein, one of the matchups is that's going to be extremely interesting to watch is this defensive line against – Edmonton's offensive line they were the best offensive line in the CFL this year letting uh, the least amount of sacks and then this is one of the best D lines so I think that you know having those kind of guys and on the different offenses and defenses you're right always coach O's just letting them do basically whatever they want especially I love the special teams I love a good trick play so I love talking Jeff Reinbold I think he's brilliant at what he does and that's one of the ones that I love watching as well yeah he's a he's a heck of a guy a really nice vibrant personality too uh what what's the attitude on the team as as you talk to these guys through the, the the last couple of days during practices? You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. It, I, I got to tell you, I'm I'm worried about Edmonton. I mean, I know they're a crossover team, and a crossover team's never made it to the Great Cup, let alone won it. But uh, these guys seem to be hitting a groove right now. Yeah, and I think some of us, you're right, I'm a little worried too. I'm like maybe Edmonton and maybe Trevor Harris is going to do his Trevor Harris things, but. From the guys that I've spoken to, they're confident and they're not worried about it at all. They're not thinking about the fact that they haven't played Trevor Harris at all this year because the two times that Hamilton played Edmonton, it was Logan Kilgore at at, uh, quarterback this year. They're not thinking about the fact that he destroyed them last year in the Eastern Final. They're just thinking, we're a 15-win team. We're going to do what we do. We have Dane at the helm. They have complete faith in him. And I, I haven't seen anyone that's less than confident at all this week. But yeah, nonetheless, the game is a game, and the fact that both visiting teams won last week is, I hope, a, a trend that doesn't continue this weekend uh, yeah. with the way things have gone. But how important is it for these guys, I mean our guys, uh, to get off to a fast start? I mean, the longer the game goes on, as we saw in Calgary last week, uh, you give the other guys a chance to get their their act together, as, as Winnipeg did in the second half. Yeah, I mean, it's imperative. You've got to, at least on your first drive, get some sort of points, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown. You have to set the tone, and I think... Tim Hortons Field is going to be rocking. It's already sold out. There's only, I think, a few standing room tickets left. They're going to have the blackout. It's going to be rocking, and you have to get that crowd into the, into the game early. So I think the first couple drives, if you can you know, limit Edmonton to nothing, and if you can get at least a few points, even if you're just settling for a field goal, I think that's super important because you're right. Halftime, you can make adjustments, and if you're not up at the half, you're likely not going to be able to be able to get back into it in the second half like we saw in the um, Calgary Bombers game last weekend. Well, and that matters. I mean, people may say, come on, these guys are professionals. Uh, but but our seats are, are just on, behind the Ticad bench uh, and on the west side. Uh, and you can see that they do feed off the crowd. I mean, as a matter of fact, sometimes they're up there encouraging the crowd, waving towels and pointing. So, and, and we saw that in McMahon last week in the second half. I mean, you could, I'm sure you could see this being at the stadium. We could hear a pin drop in the second half because the, oh, the, the fans just saw, hey, we've, we, we've blown this. 
Yeah, exactly. And once you get the crowd out of it, you're losing that advantage. I don't care what people say about, oh, you know, the 13th man is a myth. It's not. You need your crowd into it. And you're right. Because Tim Hortons Field, the um, the stands are so close to the benches, it's really cool that the, the players can get the, the crowd amped up, which is awesome. And you're right. McMahon was silent in the second half. Like, I could hear nothing. I was up there, and I literally could hear nothing. So getting the crowd into it early is going to be imperative for this team. Well, the fans, it's, it's a its a party. It's a, its a big event when they go. Uh, like on our side of the field, I, I'm sure she's going to be, I'm, you've met Mumbo Banks, haven't you? I haven't yet. I've seen oh, her around. Oh, I've met little you'll, Banks. You'll see her. Little guys. Yeah, 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 little Speedy, they, is, yeah. they call him. Anyway, she, she'll she be up. She's been a little more than half of the games this year. And she sits right in that first row, right behind the bench. Uh, and she's the biggest cheerleader in the stadium. I mean, she's just going crazy on this thing. But it's a, it's a bit of a drive for them to come up from where they live down in the States. But she'll be up here. She said she was going to be up there. As a matter of fact, I think they might even be in the Grey Cup if we make it that far with what we do on Sunday. But okay. but that's the sort of electricity that the, 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 the team feeds off when you get that crowd just going crazy like this. And, of course, as we do in all of these events, I mean, you know, when the other team's got the ball, I mean, we can be just as loud, and, and that throws them them off. Oh, for sure. And like I said... 13th man is a real thing, and having a home advantage, Hamilton's got to take that and run with it. Well, it's it's the weather's going to be pretty good, I mean, considering the time of year, considering what you had at McMahon Stadium last week. <laughs> yes, it's, anything it, is better than that. It's, it's not going to be as cold. I don't know what the wind's going to be like, and it doesn't look like there's much in the way of precipitation in the forecast. So uh, the scene is set. The stadium is sold out. Uh, the best team in the league uh, is trying to get to the Grey Cup and hopefully win it this time around. Uh, I got to figure the atmosphere on Sunday is going to be electric. Oh, absolutely. I'm very excited. I think both games actually on Sunday are going to have the best crowds ever. I've been to a game at Mosaic. I don't know if you have. But no, not yet. In insane for the regular season. I cannot even imagine what it's going to be against a heated rival like Winnipeg in the Western Final. That's going to be lit. And I also think Hamilton's going to be right up there. It's going. I'm very excited. I've never been to an actual playoff game in Hamilton yet. This is my first one, so I'm very excited to see what it's like on Sunday. Well, it's good to have you back in town for the game. Uh, I've not been to Mosaic, but you know from all the years you've been covering CFL, uh, the football fans, the Rough Rider football fans are just crazy. Oh, my gosh. I love Rider football fans. I mean, I love all fans, but there's something different about Rider fans. You could, I could go to any game in any city, and there's going to be at least one Rider fan. Like, there was Rider fans at a Raptors game last year. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Everywhere. I think that's so cool. And just being in Regina, everyone's wearing um, rider swag. If, as soon as they find out that I'm even associated with the league, they're just so appreciative that I'm even there, that I'm talking to them. Um, it's, it's so great. It's one of the best football atmospheres I've been in. I would compare it to Hamilton down in by, by the stadium where everyone has the flags on their houses and everyone's yeah. getting outside. It's very similar to that, but throughout the entire city. Well, I mean, you know as well as I do. I mean, there are people that drive th- three, four hours to get to the stadium on game day. I mean, that's how crazy they are from all parts of that province. Uh, listen, I'll see you at the stadium for su- for sure, I guess, on Sunday. Uh, here's hoping that uh, we're talking about a TICAD victory next week. Uh, Christina, thanks so much for this today, and we'll look forward to your piece on uh, CFL.ca. Great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Christina Constable, who uh, works, of course, uh, as a content coordinator with CFL.ca. Check it out, by the way. Some uh, good stuff on that site. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.